answer didn't come while they were praying. The answer didn't come while they were marching. The answer didn't come when they got to the place. But it says, and as they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord said ambushments. The moment that you begin to praise, God begins to move. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. My soul, all my inmost being, praise, amen, praise his holy name. Now now we can say it together, amen. Now verse 2, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all, not some, all your sins, and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known. His ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us. According to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The winds blow over it and it is gone. It place, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all ye heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul.
Come on, somebody give him some praise for a minute. Give him 10 seconds of praise in this house. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We give you praise, Lord. We praise you in this house. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we praise you today. Amen. But I want to encourage you, take some time this week. And I want you to take some time and to read that passage in Psalms 103. It talks a lot about praising the Lord. And that's my message title today is I want to talk about praise and prayer. Or we can say it the opposite way. I want to talk about prayer and praise. You know, we started off the year praying. We did our prayer of agreement service. And, uh, and, and so that was a phenomenal service. We had such wonderful, uh, we've even heard of testimonies already of God doing miraculous things from starting off, kicking off the year with our prayer of agreement service. But then we also need to continue in praise to God. Amen. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I need to continue to praise God. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. It says in verse 25, Acts chapter 16, this is when Paul and Silas were thrown into the innermost prison. And it says, and Paul and Silas prayed, somebody say prayed, and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. You know, I always love to think about that. I stop there. I always think, I always stop there to talk about, you know, when they were praising God, they weren't praising God like this. They weren't in the innermost prison. They didn't care if anybody heard them. They didn't care what anybody else thought about them. They didn't care what was matter, what was on them right now. They didn't care about the change that they could see in the natural. They began to praise the Lord. And verse 26, I love verse 26, says this. And suddenly, somebody say, and suddenly. suddenly. Amen. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake. That the foundations of the prison were shaken. And once all the prison's doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Amen. That's what God wants to do in our lives. The Bible says that, 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 that all of a sudden, suddenly there was an earthquake and the chains were loosed. The prayer, they prayed and they sang praises to God. You know, that's a pattern that we ought to have in our Christian walk with God, that we ought to pray and then we ought to continue to pray and sing praises unto God. Somebody say that this morning. Say, I pray and then I praise. Say it again. Say this morning. Say, I pray and then I praise. Amen. And so it's so important that we take time, that we understand that when God leads us to pray, that you take that time to pray. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 14, that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so there are moments in time when God will speak to your heart and he'll speak to you. And all of a sudden, you'll know that it needs to be a time of prayer, that you just need to begin to intercede on behalf of somebody, that all of a sudden, you just need to be able to get down on your hands and your knees and begin to lift up somebody else that somebody might be in need, that there might be a moment that God will speak to you by the Spirit of God that you begin to pray for someone else. How many has ever been there before? But then once you prayed, once you get to that point in prayer that you prayed it through, you know, uh, 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 older saints would say it that way. They used to say that you prayed it through. Or we could say it this way, that, that you got a release on the inside that what you were praying for, that things had turned around, that things were going to be okay, that things were going to be right. Somebody, come on, somebody. Then all of a sudden you can lift up your hands and you can begin to praise and begin to thank God that he's got that you got the answer. 
Many times on Wednesday mornings, I have a prayer meeting. We like, I, love to, I like to pray in the sanctuary. We'll go around and we'll lay hands on the chairs. We'll pray in here. And as we pray, but sometimes I'll start off and I might begin to pray for somebody. But by the end of it, there'll be times that all of a sudden, while I'm praying in the spirit, I'll begin to lift my hands and I'll begin to pray because I'll, I'll praise because I know that on the inside that there's been a breakthrough, that there's been a victory, that there's been something that has changed. There's something that God is doing on my behalf. Amen. And God wants to do the same thing for you. Amen. Pray until you get that release. Amen. Now, there's times that, you know, that sometimes you may, you know, you don't walk by feelings. That's why God said that for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You don't need to be led by how you feel. Well, I just feel that I didn't get all the way through. Sometimes you just praise by faith. Amen. Sometimes it doesn't matter about your feelings. You just say, God, I thank you. I prayed according to the word, and I praise you right now. Even if I don't feel like it, I praise you. You know what? You might be in one of those moments that, you know what, that, that you just don't understand. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like praising God when I'm huddled around the toilet and I'm, I'm puking my guts out. Amen. But there's times that, you know what, that in that situation, I'm not thanking God because I'm in that situation. I'm thanking God that I'm getting out of that situation. Amen. And so you begin to say, you know what, you just can begin to praise God and thank him for the answer. Let me give you an example here of a testimony of a lady that I heard about back in the 1930s that lived in Texas. And uh, it was around the Depression days back in those days. And she had an asthmatic and a, a respiratory condition. And, uh, the, and it was similar to the lady with the issue of blood. Her husband had taken her to see all these kind of doctors. They lived in Texas, but they went down to, to Louisiana, went all around Texas trying to find the doctor, find, find the best specialist that they could find. And back in those days, and he spent a lot of money. And back in those days, in the Depression days, he worked for the oil companies out in Texas. And so he spent about $10,000 or more on her trying to get help and find what she might need. And so um, along with that, they were, you know, they, they, they believed in the healing message. And so anytime an evangelist or a healing evangelist would show up, they would go to the meetings. And, and, and she had had just about every healing evangelist lay hands on her and pray for her. Amen. Amen. And so all that had happened. And yet while that had happened, she still wasn't healed. And one day there was a great evangelist, and his name was Raymond T. Ritchie. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he brought his tent to town. And so she went to go see evangelist Raymond T. Ritchie. I want to share a little bit about him because as I was hearing this story, I decided to kind of look up who he was. He was an evangelist, and he was actually an assistant to an evangelist. And while he was preparing for a meeting, the evangelist canceled the meeting. And so God told Ritchie to preach for the meeting for himself and to pray for the sick. And on the third night, the woman's, a, a woman's crippled arm was healed and the place was filled to capacity. Healings and salvation occurred every night. Look, I want you to think, because I want you to know how good, you know, if God healed back in Jesus' day, God continues to heal today, just like God healed back in the 1930s. Amen. I thank God. You know, my wife is a nurse and I don't have there's nothing. I don't have anything against nurses and doctors, but I thank God for the healing power of Jesus. Thank God for the relief that nurses and doctors can give. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. But you know what? Jesus is ultimately my healer. Jesus is ultimately the one. Whenever I go to take a medicine, I pray over the medicine. I say, God, I thank you, Lord, that Lord, that, that, that this medicine is going to help me, that Lord is going to do according to what the doctors are going to do. But I thank you, Lord, that you're ultimately my healer. Come on, somebody. And so I wanted to kind of share this uh, testimony from him. And, uh, and, and share a little bit about his life because it was kind of amazing. He said, then God called him to hold a citywide revival in Houston, Texas back in 1921. 
And uh, and so they uh, and so as they did that, the tent uh, they started in a tent, but it was too small, and they had to move it to the auditorium, and it was filled. A revival went on for forty days, and they saw five thousand conversions. People came out of wheelchairs, deafness, tuberculosis, arthritis, blindness, and other diseases were healed. Forty thousand people had received healing prayer. At one time, thirteen people were brought in on stretchers, and twelve walked home. In Fort Worth, the auditorium was too small, and when the people were refused entrance, they climbed the walls to sit in the windows to hear the message. I'm telling you that that's why we had to have such a hunger for the word of God. We ought to have such a hunger for hearing the things of God. You know what? If we would, you know, live according, if we would treat church like we would treat the doctor's word, man, I tell you what, there'd be so many people healed. God would do such miraculous things. I mean, it amazes me. Doctor says, we'll come back on Tuesday at this time, and, uh, and, and, they, and they charge you for that, amen? And then pastor gets up there and says, okay, come back on Wednesday night. Please, please, we're going to have free food. And, oh, well, I don't know if I can make it tonight, pastor. It's raining outside. Anyway, preaching to myself, amen. That was free, amen. But he went back and to Houston twice in 1923, and one of the revivals meetings, they had a parade that was held for those that had been healed. And the parade that they held for those that had been healed was 13 blocks long. I'm telling you that God is still doing the miraculous, amen? If God did it before, God will still do it today, amen? In a, in a meeting in Tulsa, there were, th- there were 11,000 conversions, and a truck was piled high with the crutches and other medical supports that had been left behind. I mean, they just threw them on the truck that it was piled so high of people that had gotten off of crutches and walkers and all kinds of things. I'm telling you, God is a healing God. Somebody just shout out, say, God is my healer. Somebody say, God is my savior. Amen. Jesus came and he died for, for not just our salvation, but his stripes were uh, that he bore our stripes. He bore stripes for us so that we may be healed. That the atonement offering of Jesus on the cross was not just for our salvation, but it was also for our healing. And not only that, Jesus came and he said that he became poor that so that we might be rich. Amen. God wants you to be prosperous. That definition of rich there means God wants you to prosper. He wants you to live in more than enough, not not enough. Somebody say amen. Somebody just say, thank God for his healing power. So when we go back to the story with the lady over in Texas, Brother Richie got to her. All of a sudden, she went up in the healing line. And when he got to her, thank God for Holy Ghost pastors. And he got to her and he went to lay hands on her and started to, but then he stopped. And he looked at her and he said, you know what? He said, he could say, he could just, he just said by the Holy Ghost, he said, everybody's laid hands on you, haven't they? Everybody's prayed for you, almost every, every evangelist in the country. And she said, yes. And he said, I'm not even going to pray for you. This is what he said. He said, will you do what I tell you to do? You know what she said? Yes, if it's easy. I mean, we can always do something that's easy. He said, from that moment forward, when you go to bed, when you wake up, and all throughout the day, I want you to praise God that you're healed. Because, you know, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. Amen. And so she said, at that moment, she didn't understand. And so she said, no, I can't do that. Now, I'm telling you, this is going to help somebody today. This is going to help you today. Because there are moments and times where you might not be in the position. And you might not be in the place that you can say, yeah, you know what, Jesus, I am healed. 
But he said this, and this is, I believe this is going to help somebody. He said, well, because right when the moment that she said, no, I can't quite say that, she, he was able to identify where she was in her faith, what she believed. And so it's so important. You know that your faith is what you speak. Amen. You can identify where you are by what you say. Amen. I mean, I, I try not to be, you know, someone that, uh, you know, I just try to encourage people in the right way. But, you know, just recently there was somebody came by my office and he was talking to me and he just he kept talking to me about how he didn't have any money and he couldn't get a job and he couldn't do this. And I finally just had to stop him and say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying that and that's what you have. And, and so you got to speak. What do you believe in? What do you believe? What you say is what you believe. Amen. And so she said, no, I can't say that. I don't, I can't, I don't understand. She didn't understand the moment. She said, no, I can't do that because I'm not healed yet. And so maybe sometimes we might be in that. We might find ourselves in that position that at that moment she said she couldn't do that. And so he didn't have time to preach her a message at the moment. He was praying for people. But he did say this. He said, can you praise God for the word of God? She said, oh, yes, yes, Evangelist Richie, I can do that. I can praise God for the word of God. How many can praise God for the word of God in this place? Oh, not every hand went up this room. How many of you can praise God for the word of God? And he said, well, the word of God says that you're healed. And so he says, you know, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. So every time you think of it, every time you wake up in the morning, before you get out of bed, Every time you go to bed, the last thing you do while you're praising before you fall asleep, and any time you think about it during the day, I want you to say, somebody say, I want you to say, because you have to say, amen, it takes three times as much saying as it does believing, and so, and according to Matthew, Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24, that we can have whatever we say, and so he said this, I want you to write this down this morning, I want you to write this down in your notes, he said, Praise God. Or the, the, say this. The word of God says that I'm healed. Praise God for the word of God. And that's what he told her right down. I want you to write that down this morning. He said the word of God. Say this every time. Since she couldn't praise God that she was healed. She, he said, I want you to say this. The word of God says that I am healed. Write that down, somebody. Write that down. The word of God says that I am healed. Praise God for the word of God. So every time throughout the day, she would just say that. So he didn't even pray for her. He just told her to just say those words. Praise God for the word of God. Begin to praise God. Praise God for the word of God. Praise God that I'm healed. And so she just began to confess that morning, noon, and night. Every day, every time she thought of it, she just began to praise God. And so she had gotten so taken up in praising God that one day she realized that she hadn't had an asthma attack or a respiratory issue for uh, she didn't even know how long she had to ask her husband. And her husband piped up and said, yeah, I know it's been 10 days. And that 10 days, by the time that they were sharing this story that I was listening to, that it said that it had been six years that she hadn't had and God had healed her. See, not everybody it might be at the you know, we all have the same uh, a measure of faith. But sometimes it may be hard for us to speak, but we can get to a place that we can say, God, I thank you for your word. Thank God your word declares that. And I'm telling you that there may be somebody in this room that's been believing God and praying and asking God and saying, God, I'm looking for the answer. God, I'm searching for the answer. Why hasn't that manifested manifested in my life? Why haven't I received it yet? And I'm telling you, she just began to say the word of God says I'm healed and praise God for the word of God. 
Sometimes the more that you say it, you got to get down on the inside that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that you're healed. Somebody say amen. And so she and so and so the manifestation, I want you to look back at Paul and Silas. The manifestation of the earthquake, of the suddenly, of the all of a sudden of God's mighty power didn't happen in the praying. It happened in the praising. It says Paul and Silas prayed and somebody say and sang praises unto God. The moment that they started praising, all of a sudden the chains fell off and there was an earthquake and there was a suddenly in their life. I'm telling you today that there are things that God wants to break through to you, that God wants you to have, and God wants you to receive. And the moment that you begin to praise God, it will make a difference in your life on the inside. And all of a sudden, as you get it down on the inside, it'll begin to manifest itself in the reality on the outside. I'm telling you that you have to praise by faith. Somebody write that down this morning and say, I praise by faith. You can praise by faith. That's why often every time every time we end a prayer meeting, I say, everybody, lift your hands and begin to thank God for the answer. Thank God because that moment is the praise moment that you say, God, I thank you. You know, if you were believing for $100 today and you came down front and I prayed for you and I said, we're going to pray, we're going to agree, we're going to believe for $100 And then I said, okay, we got done praying. Now let's start thanking God. And let's say like you, you know, that's that, that, that you didn't have anything and that's what you really needed. And I said, okay, now let's start praising. You just went around and said, praise God. I got a hundred dollars. Praise God for the hundred dollars. No, you ought to say, man, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I got a hundred dollars. Man, praise the Lord. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Praise God. God, you're going to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because I'm telling you tonight, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be watching a football game with nothing much, nothing more than somebody carrying around a rubber ball with a bag of wind in it. Somebody's breath is in that ball. And when somebody scores a touchdown, I don't know about you, but Jesus has done a whole lot more than scored a touchdown for my life. Jesus, we can celebrate. We can praise God. And we can thank him because he is our Savior. Amen. There's nothing wrong with celebrating whenever there's a touchdown, whenever things go good. But there's nothing wrong with praising God either. There's nothing wrong with giving God a shout and praising him in this place. Amen. Something that's always stuck out to me. I remember my pastor sharing this, and I've heard different men of God say this. And, uh, but one time there was a lady that had a vision. She was believing God. It was back in the times of smallpox, and they didn't have the vaccine back then. And as she was praying and believing God, she saw two scales. You know those old-timey scales where they kind of weigh up? We have one in celebration. That's how they do their offering, where you put weights on each side, and, and so you kind of, that's how you would measure something. And all of a sudden, she saw, as she was praying, she saw this vision of these scales that were weighed up and down, and she said that the prayer one was weighed down because she had done so much praying in the vision. But the praise was way up here. And all of a sudden, God began to speak to her and said, when the praises balance the prayer, your answer will come. And so she spent three days just praising around the house so much so that everybody in the in the hospital or wherever she was, the house or whatever at the time, because I think she was in a place that that she was kind of secluded. So nobody else would get that. All of a sudden, she began to praise God. And as she began to praise God, God healed her after three days of praising him. I'm telling you that there are praise that praise 
possesses God's promises by faith. I would write this down. This is in my notes today. Prayer processes the plans of God. See, we have to pray to get to the place that we understand, God, what is it that you want us to do? You know, and so God is always for us, but sometimes the answer that we pray for, you know, we might be praying and saying, God, I, you know, you know, you know, we taught soulmate Sunday. God, I'm really, I'm really believing for this spouse. God, I'm really praying that this is the right one. And God's telling you in your prayer, no, that's not it. Nope, nope. Don't marry her. Don't, 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 don't marry him. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And you say, man, well, he sure does look good, man. He sure does smell good, man. He sure does this, does that up. And then they get married and then they say, God, I knew I should, I shouldn't have done that. Amen. But you're married now. You stuck. But I'm telling you, sometimes the answer, but prayer processes the plans. God will speak to you by pray. When you pray, God says that he'll answer you. And if you aren't receiving the answer, then there are times that maybe you need to check yourself and say, God, is there something that I have? You know, I found this out about God. If there's something that's hindering you between you and God, if you ask God, he'll show it to you. Say, God, is there something, if, do I need to ask, is there for, you know, there are times that you just need to go to God and say, God, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. God, I want to make sure that things, you know, Jesus, we read it earlier. That's why I wanted you to read it. That Jesus said that he wipes away all sin. He has no thought of it from as far as the east is from the west. And the moment that you pray that prayer that you can ask God and pray and say, God, and so you can start off fresh. Amen. And so, but prayer processes those plans of God and then prays possessing uh, uh, praise possesses God's promises by faith. See, if you would begin to praise God before you see the answer, I promise you the answer would come much quicker. That that God will that when you praise God, pray because by faith, faith is now. So I know I don't have much time and I, I really, but I want you to go quickly to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to try to shorten this up. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And this is back when Jehoshaphat there was a great multitude that were coming against uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat. And so all of a sudden, uh, it says in verse 3, in Chronicles, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and to proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. You know, there's times that you might get news from a doctor or a lawyer or somebody that it's not news. And all of a sudden, there might be a moment where you begin to cry, or there might be a moment, you know, the Bible says that, that sorrow may last for a night, but joy, somebody say joy, comes in the morning, and so he got a little nervous, he got, you know, he began to fear, and so instead of running from God, I tell you, this is a sermon in itself, instead of running from God, he ran to God. I'm telling you, that's why I'm so glad to see you in the house of the Lord today, because there are those that instead of running from, to God, they run from God. Oh, God, you know what? I was out late last night and I did this and I did that. God doesn't care. Get back right with God. Well, you just don't know, Pastor. I got in an argument on my way to church with my wife, and I just don't feel like going in there and lifting my hands. Get back right with God. It doesn't matter what happened before you walked in those doors this morning. Begin to praise God and it'll come. Amen. God will do it for you. Amen. But look at this in verse. Uh, and so and so Judah gathered together, verse four, and to ask help of the Lord from all the cities and came down. Now I'm going to jump down. They were fasting and praying. Verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord became, came upon Jehaziel in verse 15. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, do not be afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, do not be afraid, nor dismayed. 
Because the great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16, tomorrow go down against them and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them in the end brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I've done a whole message on positioning yourself. Who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem? Do not, be, do not fear nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah and the heavens of Jerusalem bowed to the Lord, worshiping the Lord. This is the answer. This is the, this is the plan that God gave them by prayer. I'm telling you, prayer processes the plans of God. Now look at this. Just because you have a plan of God, just because God has a way out, just because God has miraculous things, they still had to go down to the battle. The Bible says this, that I'd set a table before the presence of your enemies. Sometimes it's as if we try to run from what God is trying to show us, that God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you through. I'm going to make sure that, that, they're, that they, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. So you don't have to fear what somebody else is going to do. You don't have to fear because God is on your side. Amen. God is for you and not against you. And if God be for you, what does it matter? And who does it matter? What's against you? And so God gave this promise to Jehoshaphat. He had the answer. So they came early in the morning, verse 20. And in the morning, they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And he went out and Jehoshaphat stood and said, he declared, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing, who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of the holiness as they went out before the army and they were saying, this is what they said. I want us to say it together with them. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. He began to declare, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I don't have time to go into it, but the Greek there, I mean the Hebrew there, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the word when he said, I'm going to should sing to the Lord, it meant that he's going to set up praisers. He appointed praisers to go out before. And so he began to praise and said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And now when they began to sing, look at this, verse 22, when that now, somebody say now, now faith is. Now faith, when now, when they began to sing, can you get it on the screen, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, because I want you to see this. Man, look at how good God is. This is on the second month of the second day of the second month on the, on the year 2020, and this is now found in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. I'm telling you what, God has something that he wants to speak to us today. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 22, I want you to see it on the screen. I want you to highlight this because this is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to get today. Along with, if you got your Bible, put your finger on Hebrews 11.1 1, and see how this compares, how it, how it goes together. Now, everybody say now. now. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, and they had to come against Judah, and they were all 
defeated. Or they and they were defeated. The answer didn't come while they were praying. The answer didn't come while they were marching. The answer didn't come when they got to the place that God told them to get. I believe there are some people that have gone all the way down the altar and to the place that God wanted them to go, and they didn't praise, so they didn't get their answer. But it says, and as they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord said ambushments. I'm telling you, come on, church. Somebody ought to praise in this place. Somebody ought to lift their hands and shout and give God praise because the moment that you begin to praise, the moment that you begin to lift up God, all of a sudden things begin to set, things begin to change the atmosphere and God begins to move. Pray until you get the release. Come on. Yeah, go ahead. Take 10 seconds. Take 30 seconds and praise God. Praise him in this house. Amen. You don't need special music to praise. All you need is your voice and your lips and just begin to give God some praise. Right in the midst of your situation, it might look bad. It might look terminal. It might look like there's no way out and there's no hope. But I promise you with God, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. You can praise God today. You can praise God tomorrow. And you can praise God the next day. When they began to sing and to praise. See, we ought to pray until we get the release or the answer or the breakthrough. And once we get that, begin to praise God that the answer is so. Praise God for the answer. Praise God that you've got it. Praise God that by faith, that by faith, God, and see, not with doubt and unbelief. Uh, let me read this as we go. The Lord set ambushments and the Lord... I want you to think about the Lord inhabits our praise. I don't know about you. How many of you have ever been sitting there before and you've been right in the midst of the situation? You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know how to. You don't know what to say. You don't know the answer. And then all of a sudden, you're less like, God, where are you? But if you just lift your hands and you lift your voice and you begin to praise. Or sometimes, you know, you just got to go off and, you know, you might say, I got to go to my car for a minute. And you just get the praise on and just begin to praise God and say, God, I thank you. I praise you. Because in that moment, in that moment, God inhabits his praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. God rewards those who diligently seek him by faith. Faith is released by words and actions. And praise is made with words and with actions. I'm telling you, when you begin to praise God, stop complaining. Stop worrying. Stop bickering. Stop worrying about what somebody else said. And stop worrying and start, stop speaking about what happened. And it's already happened. It's in the past. Move forward and say, God, I praise you, Lord, that it's going to turn out okay. I thank you, Lord, that you're working on my behalf. I praise you. I rejoice forevermore. You know, let me just read this. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, rejoice forevermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Somebody say, in everything. Give thanks. 
not for everything, but in everything. I'm telling you, if you would get that on the inside, you know, there's just times that as a pastor, even this morning, you know, I just began to had to praise God right there that sometimes you just got to praise God in everything. You praise God. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do not quench or quench not the spirit. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 23. Look at this. And I'll close with this because I know we got to get to baptisms. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And I want you to think about it. There was no scripture in verse. This was just one letter. It just continues on. So I'm just going to keep going. Rejoice evermore. Number one, rejoice. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. That should be a pattern in our life. I'm just going through life. Man, I rejoice. Man, today is a great day. Man, I don't care what happened yesterday. I don't care what happened last week. Man, rejoice forevermore. I'm praying without ceasing. I'm praying always. And in everything, I'm giving thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Somebody say, this is God's will concerning me. Verse 19, quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all the appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. There's a point that, you know, I don't have time to go into it today, but you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. This is just my earth suit. This is just what God put me. This is, but this is my, I am a spirit. That's not who I am a spirit. And it says, be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we praise, as we give God glory, as we thank him, things begin to change. Things begin to turn around. Amen. <laughs>